Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we're joined by the illustrious... The person in a shirt. The immaculately yeah. conceived. <laughs> sure. The in a chair right now. It's also Jesus. It's, it's Jesus. <laughs> I'm here in this chair. Yeah. <laughs> in a shirt. In a shirt. Joshua Lewis Smith. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I have a... Um, what appears to be a summer cold on the first day of autumn. But I say it's that because it's 95 it. degrees out. <laughs> yeah, it's like more like the first day of summer, really. No, it's more like the middle of summer. Yeah. Yeah. This is like this is like late July. But oh. hey, global warming is a hoax. Let's get that out there right now. Yeah. That like climate change <laughs> is not real. Did, you, did either of you ever see the day after tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. That Jake. Well, there was like tornadoes everywhere and fifty billion earthquakes and a ton of hurricanes. Because I feel like so a little bit. That's where we are right. That's actually yeah. really funny. So we just talked to Joaquin, yeah. and he made that exact same reference. Hey, Joaquin. <laughs> yeah. And Tenors. I will. And I will give my same anecdote about that movie. That the first time I saw it, I was on a fucking airplane. Oh no! Oh and, god! And I was like, "Why? Why is this on?" So this isn't the first time I saw it, but a time I saw it was in my oh my god! So my science class I took in college was mm-hmm. called weather. It was what? not called meteorology. It was called weather, but the guy who taught it was like an actual meteorologist and didn't know what he was doing. But as like a treat at the end of the semester. We watched that, and he told us exactly why everything could not happen the way it was happening. Uh, <laughs> it's like his favorite thing to do. I think he might have even had a PowerPoint on everything that was wrong with that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like the... Uh, first of all, there's a lot I like about that. First of all, I like that you took a class called Weather. Yep. Because it was so clearly just you being like, ah, weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for my final project, I made a magazine. Really? About weather. I don't remember what was in it, but I think I got a good grade. I don't know. It was. Do cool. you want to do the Scopy weather? Not really. Okay. <laughs> it's real fucking hot. Yeah, that's now to Josh about the weather. That's a pretty saturated market, honestly. The weather? Yeah. Short of doing it like super absurd, like the guy in a helicopter, but like you can hear the helicopter. What is that bit from? Where's that bit from? That's from something. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> we we're like, all right, and now we cut to the weather, and they did it like a lot, and it was always like you just couldn't hear the weather. It was just oh, that's the sound of a helicopter, a helicopter going for like a couple minutes, and a guy shouting barely. You could hear him in the background, but like actual the weather, like. Oh yeah, uh, I I don't know what you're talking about. Well, if anyone at home knows, then you're part of the club. Yeah. The helicopter weather club. Helicopter Weather Club. So, <laughs> I want that to be merch. <laughs> <laughs> the Helicopter Weather Club. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um. Anyway, so, um, I think that it's important that we give oh. shout-outs oh, yeah. where they're due. This is the episode of all of the shout-outs. So, this week has been an insane audio week because... Mm-hmm. On Monday, our, our mixer broke. Mm-hmm. On well, and on Saturday, we had ordered lapel mics already. We found like a super sweet deal on them, and we got four lapel mics that you can mix into one channel. So that was great. So shout out first off to our donors for making that happen. 
because that's how that panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, then the mixer we had broke, so then we were just kind of like shit out of luck at that point. But the mixer still the mi- had yeah, the mixer wasn't completely broken. Yeah, it's pretty close though. Um, so then, then on Wednesday or Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday the um, lapel mics with the lapel mic mixer came in. So like the interview we did with like Bob Randy B- Barry Benson and mm-hmm. Thomas Alain. We were able to get everybody on their own mic, which was really cool for the first time. And that no, that people. was Joaquim. Oh, the first time we did the lapels was with was with Joaquim. You're right. Um, and then we did Brandy Berry Benson, where we got to have all four of them on their own mics. Mm-hmm. And today, well, and then today we got well. So I'm telling the story wrong. A couple days ago, <laughs> I posted about the mixer breaking, and then we got a bunch of donations. So shout out to Dennis Callup and my grandma. And Tierra, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's it. I think one I was in a show with two of those people, but you'll have to guess who. <laughs> and, my grandma and, <laughs> and Topher Murray. Topher Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm trying um, to think if there's anyone else that do, like their donation came through and we used it. I think your your parents also threw in some. They did. My parents. My dad. Yeah. Did. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Hooray. Yeah. So. With all of that, we were able to get a new mixer, and it's an eight-channel mixer, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome, because now we had a couple... So we had a spare mic, and we still have the two mics that we've been using forever, um, but we were also donated a, a new microphone, and it's honestly... It's our best microphone, I think. So the reason that my voice sounds so fluid and velvety, velvety is because of... Ross Crean's amazingly generous donation. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Ross Crean. Yeah, that mic is a really nice. This mic. is amazing. It I sounds f- great. Yes. Yeah, it's it's an amazing microphone. I'm yeah. so happy. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're like playing with fucking fire now. Yeah. Full Get steam. at me. Full steam. We're gonna take that NPR uh-huh. spot, man. I'm telling you. Get that sweet, sweet centrist oh. money. So we how do we have to start talking like this now? Is that the yeah. NPR voice? We yeah. Make sure that I feel like I feel like my NPR voice would be kind of like the the high fluty like, all right, <laughs> you got this. <laughs> be like, hello and welcome to Scoby Radio. My name is Maureen Smith, and here's today's news. You know, it's like old timey. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Way too close to the microphone. That's, now you have to be eating the mic. And that is what fry. NPR does. It's oh, like low key. Hi, ASMR. And welcome back to season nine of Serial. Uh, my name is Joshua Smith, and we'll be reviewing <laughs> Captain Crunch. It's always hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> the layers of that joke kind of hit you later. Have you watched The Wolf of Wall Street? No, I have not. I rewatched it. Um, recently, and it's it's just as what it was before, which is just like I just love that it was Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio trying to make an Oscar grab with one of the most vapid plot lines ever invented. Yeah, like it wasn't even like good crime; it was like financial crime. Like who cares? It's the boringest crime. If you're gonna commit a crime, smoke weed. I think that martin scorsese makes bad movies well what other movies has he made gangs of new york 
Oh, sh- really? That's a shit movie. Well, have and you, the, didn't he have do you Godfather? Seen Gangs in New York? I mostly avoid these movies. What about The Godfather? He did The Godfather? I, th- I thought he did The Godfather. I do not think that is true. <laughs> but we'll, we're going to find out right now. Either The Godfather No, the, or... it was a Coppola. The, a yeah. Coppola did. Oh. Did. I was, I was going to say, I was like, there's, he... there's no way that he made... <laughs> did he do Scarface? Uh, we're going to find out really shortly if my phone behaves. Marty Scorsese. He might have done score for Scarface. <laughs> Are all of you at home having fun yet? Yeah. I know this is the unless is so so my 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 current thesis is that Martin Scorsese sucks, and I'm waiting to be proven wrong by by a phone. And I just don't feel like I'm gonna prove you wrong though. I feel like I'm just gonna support. Oh, before it gave me a list of the phones that have the phones of the movies that he did. It gave me a list of his favorite movies. I don't care for his favorite movies. No, oh, that's terrible. Why? Actress award before. Oh my god, this is the longest Wikipedia page I've seen in my entire life. I like that in the Wikipedia page it mentions the art, the movies that he likes before the movies that he's made. Okay, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Taxi driver. He did New York, New York. Guys, New York, New York. I, I Liza Minnelli. That. Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> uh, Raging Bull, King of County after the Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas. He did Goodfellas. That's Goodfellas. I've Games not seen New York, Goodfellas. Aviator. You know, I like The Departed. I also liked Aviator. Aviator, I remember being. Very I did good. like The Departed. I don't. I can't remember if I've seen The Departed. It's just the uh, like everyone you think would be in that movie was in the movie. It was like same thing. Mark with Wahlberg, fucking... Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Was that know. about? Was that about South um, Boston gangs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. And at the end, they play the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, I think so. I and um, I think Vera Farmiga's in it as his like therapist slash girlfriend. It was an interesting movie. I liked it. Also, I I rewatched it when I was when I was living in Southie, and that was fun. oh cool. <laughs> oh cool. No, I'm doing that kind of, but listening to Tina Fey's and Amy Poehler's yeah, yeah, books yeah. right now. Right. I just it- finished Amy Poehler's book. Yeah, and I'm gonna now re-listen to Bossy Pants now that I have lived in Chicago for two years, and I'm excited nice. about it. <laughs> that's it feels like that's much more satisfying than attempting to listen to Stephen King novels. <laughs> yeah, how's that? <laughs> You've been listening to have you been listening right. to it? Let's let's dive into Josh shit because I feel like it's it's like rich. Yeah. Your, life, your life is rich at the moment. So well, no, I I, I listened to it. So I don't. So Stephen King novels are very long. First of all, yeah. I made it through. Um, and all boobs. About eight hours of it, which barely scratched the surface of it. Are you and, serious? And then I returned it so, <laughs> because it was so bad and all exposition, but not interesting exposition. The um, I feel like I feel I think I'll enjoy the movie. I'm going to go see the movie because mm-hmm. they can't. It's like what a two hour movie. They just can't do that. So, but they um, you know, the conceit was like something happened with these. People were kids. Now they're all adults and scattered about, but now they have to go back because they made a pact when they were kids mm. to d- oh. deal with the clown monster. So, um, from what, from as far as I got. So, but in the parts that I got, that's as far as you got no, in so, eight hours. No, so there was the prologue <laughs> where you actually like got to deal with a little bit of like get someone getting killed, and that was fun. But then it got into the details of each of these people oh. telling their partners, husbands, wives, whatever. That they're leaving. What? And each one of them had like an hour long scene of them telling this person they've been with mostly for like a long time. Well, 
You know, darling, I, I have to go. I have to go home for like a week. You have to go where? Why? Why would you leave me? And you're like, you've been married for like 10 years. You, can, you can't live without each other for a week. But then also, like I went about on Facebook, every woman is only described by their breasts. Yeah. No man is ever described by their breasts. They once in a while it'll throw her something like a, about an erection in or something. But um, really? mostly it was like, oh, it just he couldn't. Everything everything a woman did was around, the, and the one female character it just described her getting raped. Like that was that, that was it. Like that was what the fuck by her abusive husband. No. Um. So I'm the people were like, yeah, but Stephen King. You know, I was like, I don't really care enough to keep going to the good. I'm sure I would love the murder clown, but I. <laughs> I'm not going to continue this. So I'm reading right now. I'm listening to books by Clive Barker, who um, he wrote the novella that uh, Hellraiser is based off of. Okay. And then he actually wrote the script for Hellraiser too. But he is a queer horror writer living cool. in England with his husband, who's been writing since the '80s and is awesome. Nice. And way less. She boobed around tiddly while her breasts heaved with sadness. <laughs> God. You know, I don't talk about sex. Yeah, that's real. You know, it doesn't yeah. bother me. But when you're when it's just like from the lens of just misogyny and that's it. And just mm-hmm. like male gaze. That's when yeah. I have a problem with it, when it's purely male gaze. And that's yeah. what Stephen King. And then when I started talking about it with people, people were like, oh, and he's shit at writing. Uh, oh, oh, he also wrote a lot of like self-conscious, weirdly anti-Semitic things, which it wasn't all about because there was like Jews in the book. But then they were saying things, but it was cool because there were Jews, but it really wasn't cool because he's not Jewish and I hated right. all of it. Like my mom always called it the Jew York Times. Like that was a line. Oh, and I almost, no. almost threw my computer across the room, but it wasn't my computer. It was the office's computer. So I didn't. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, and but and then he always does the thing with like the magical black person, you know, like sa- being the savior for a white person, like all that kind of bullshit. And just I, I hate all of it. It's yeah. creepy. I've always felt like if Stephen King gets the mantle of one of the classic great writers, that I would be very upset. Yeah, because I just have never, he's, and I've never read any of his books. So he's like, the one why? who he's the one who hangs out in Maine. He's the he's one from Maine. He's yeah. from Maine. And yeah, he probably I think he lives there still. Yeah. 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 Um, my mom went to a spa in Lenox, Massachusetts. Yeah. And Stephen King was there. That was funny. And she like, I think she chatted with him briefly, like at the side of the pool. I mean, it's certainly like he's God. He's written so many books. So yeah. many books. And, um, you know, and I'd be curious to read, say, The Shining or something like that. But The Shining is an amazing movie. But, well, yeah. But Speaking the, of... But I just think that I don't maybe like his writing style it's yeah possible. the plots are one thing and that's why movies are you know yeah different. right i think that it i mean i think that's a testament to like screenwriters that mm. they were able to right. recognize an amazing plot in otherwise well c- clearly the people respond well to his writing since he sold so many books right mm-hmm. and if you look on any of like the goodreads list of top horror novels you can't escape like the first Fifty or Stephen King, which made me furious. Mm. But um, what uh, what audio audiobook uh, service are you using? Um, a couple. Yeah. Uh, Audible is a big one that I use. Um, Do you like Audible? I like Audible. Audible, if you're listening, this yeah, could it, be a great place for you to give us money. It, sound, it sounded like you were about to jump into an Audible pitch, and I was like, yeah. Since when are we? Sponsored by Audible. Hey, Audible. Hey, Audible. No, Do but you Audible's have great. underwear that you need? Because MeUndies is great for that. <laughs> oh, my God. If you are looking to build a website, Squarespace, 
killing it. And you know? isn't it terrible going to the post office? Would oh. you rather just have... I'm so sorry to all the listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go fresh if you don't know how to cook. Grocery stores, schmosery schmores, you know? Sure. All right. Anyway. Um, I also recommend for everyone be join your local library. A lot of main library branches. I take out books on my Kindle, mm-hmm. books, yeah. audiobooks, all from the digital Chicago Public Library website. Mm-hmm. What? So a lot of people don't know that. Uh, it's something that my mom turned me on to because that's what she does in New York. And I started doing it in Boston. And now I have a digital membership. You don't even have to go in person. You could sign up online. For, oh, that's awesome. I mean, you have to go in person if you want to get like a card card to take out physical books. But So can you put them, does it ha- just have to be on a Kindle or can it be on a phone too? Um, I think it should, you should be able to do it on your phone. That's um, that's amazing. So that's Yeah, because I can easily spend a lot of money on books, right? Between regular books and audiobooks. Since in my job right now, I can listen to audiobooks. So um, I can I don't have that kind of money. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, public funding is like a real legitimate well, thing that we should Libraries really are a very about. successful yeah. um, example of that. Right. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways underutilized from a generation who does actually like books yeah. the way that ours I think does because everyone I talk to is always reading something yeah, yeah. public services man yeah I know do not get a good enough rap I need Everybody's... to get I need to get back into audiobooks because well because well, I've really enjoyed like for mornings that I have to you know wake up at 4 30 yeah. oh. like with my anxiety like waking up that early I like I kind of I wake up and I'm pretty much immediately on edge yeah and so like listening to Amy Poehler talking at like 4 45 in the morning while i'm like getting dressed and like brushing my teeth has been like really soothing so i think i'm gonna get and then like i have like a 20 minute drive to work and a 20 minute drive back that's what my mom's always done in her commutes she always has audiobooks in her car yeah so i think i'm gonna that that's an awesome idea i'm gonna look into that um public library thing yeah what's the her what's the commute like for me right now for your mom or for her oh um it depends on the traffic, but it's like half an hour ish. So, like, does she take the LIE or like the or like Southern State? Jesus, Cross Island. Cross Island. Okay, I get that. So what? So what? She's got to go west. This is a great bit outside of the fact that I'm now asking you specific details about your mom's commute. Yeah, this would be funnier if it weren't your mom. Like, it, it's, <laughs> that is a. But like the idea of just like talking about commutes is really interesting. So, what's your commute? What's your commute like to work? Um. I take Ashland south to North Avenue, yeah. and then I turn onto North Avenue. Do you always take Ashland, or do you ever try Clark? I always take Ashland. Yeah, never take Clark. No, because Clark would take me too far west. Mm. And then how do you get east? How do you get west to? Because you're going to Wicker. How do you get west? Or I mean, Clark would take me too far east. I mean, right. sorry. I I take I turn right onto North Avenue and yeah. then take that like Ashland's great because it really cuts down between the west and east. Like it doesn't. There's no. Yeah, it's 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 a straight. I I lucked out in in um in my Wicker Park locations because I could have been like some weird. Now does Ashland when you go south does Ashland head west a bit or is it does it stay straight south? I I think it stays straight south honestly. Because is is Wicker directly south of Andersonville? No, no. So once I get to North, I had like half a mile west. Yeah, but half a mile is close enough, I think, isn't it? I I don't think that Andersonville is directly. Um, I don't think it's directly like due 
uh, south of Andersonville. Yeah. I think it. I think it might be because I think and because I know Clark is the one that really goes diagonal, but Ashland seems to be stay pretty straight. I know, but I, it's it's more like three quarters of a mile west. Okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's significant. Yeah. I, I have to get from Ashland over to Damon. Mm. So, however far, and Damon and Ashland stay straight. Like all, all the way, the way down. down. Yeah. So, however, whatever the distance is between Ashland and Damon, yeah, is how far west I have to let's go. Let's say though, let's say that you were staying in Milwaukee. How would you get from Milwaukee to your work? How nope. would you get to Ashland? Shut it down. <laughs> Shutting this conversation down. <laughs> what about public transit? <laughs> Well, how do you get to? How do you? Because nope. you work downtown. <laughs> Red line doesn't matter. <laughs> what stop off the red line do you have to get doesn't off to matter. get to work? Pick one. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> spiders. Ah. I'm really impressed with how, like, how many people now have taken photos of spiders and tagged you in them. A lot of like, my friends have done like this or, or independently texted me them. Yeah, it's it's been wild, a wild ride of so for those. <laughs> so this all started right for those of you that don't know. I think it all started. Because, oh, so I was going down my back stairs, which is the way I go to take out the trash or anything, but also just the closer stairs to my um, apartment. And those ones are exposed and outside. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and there just was like 10 spiders on spider webs. And it was wild. I'd never seen anything quite like it because they were all so close to each other and it was bizarre. So I took a picture and I put it on Instagram and I tagged it Instagay because I wanted to see what would happen. Can you hold this mic? I want to go check the Z. Yeah. And uh, naturally, I did actually get a couple of like bizarre European gay followers from mm. that one. Because gays will... Tag some instigate. Just try Your it. Your hashtags are the like pinnacle of the genre. Thank you. Um, but then I just started taking pictures of spiders. Good. And it just became a thing. But then also, which is amazing, because I feel like I was... <laughs> I, I feel like I've probably been vaguely arachnophobic for a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like... Super not. I've gotten very comfortable with spiders recently. That's but I cool. think that's good for me. I think so too. Especially because these are like orb weavers. They're fine. They're not doing anything. And I live in a really buggy area. So I'm like, yeah, come on, spiders. Eat those stupid bugs. So I don't have to deal with them. No, I mean, I think that, um, well, I think that my favorite part of your spider saga is that you've, you've called it your queer spider colony. My queer spider commune. Commune. But I think right. I've used colony too. Both of them work. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're just queer spiders living their lives. Yeah, just like making it in the big city. Yeah. I, but now it's like a problem because, again, this is one of the symptoms of living alone, I think. Because I don't talk a lot when I'm home, so... Oh, do you talk to the spiders? Sometimes. I've gone back... Oh, the other day, one just had the biggest web like I've ever seen. The web was giant in the back Sarah's. So I was like, oh my god, yes, queen! I'm like, oh, talking to the spiders. Okay. <laughs> You're so good, um, which I said really loudly once while there was neighbors like downstairs, and people looked at me, and I was like, just talking to spiders. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just spider things. How long have you lived by yourself now? Uh, a little over a year. Do you like it? Love all, it. all told. Yeah. Cool. No, it's, it's great. Did you have roommates before? My whole life. Wow. 
Oh, so this is like this is my first apartment. Apartment. Oh, that's is that's such a swell thing. Well, now my happens. now my rule pretty much is I don't think I'm ever going to move in with anyone else again unless we're dating, right? Yeah. That, yeah. And that's a step, and that's a different step, as you guys yeah. know. That's that's right. not the same as having roommates. No. I mean, there are there are, you know you have a roommate, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Mm. No, I've never I've never lived by myself. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. Well, you lived with your mom. Yeah, but I lived with my mom. Yeah, but that's you not get by a myself. Lot of the... You get a lot of the same things, I think. I don't. I. I've never had to maintain entirely my, my own space. Like I've always had to be considerate of other Someone people's else. feelings. And it's it's amazing though because living alone in some ways I clean more. Uh, except, I, but I except when my life goes to hell because I'm working all day and have shows and learning music at night right. and there's no time. I can let it go without feeling any guilt about it, knowing that once that period's over, I'll clean. And that's yeah. a good feeling. Because when you have roommates, it's harder to feel that way, right? No, and that's, I mean, that's how I feel, like, living with Daniel, is that, like, I feel like if my life is hectic, I, I feel a lot of guilt for About leaving a mess yeah. room, right, right, right. Not that I don't leave, not not that I'm, like, of the picture of cleanliness otherwise. Right, right, well, right, and, and I, right, I think right. the... The thing that's interesting that's different about when you live with someone versus living with roommates is like I, I think the con- those kinds of conversations between you and I are much easier than ones I've had in the past with roommates. Of course, because you're way it's way easier to take. And ideally, if you're in a good relationship, communication is you know easier, huh? Do you want some more water? Oh, I'm okay. Okay, I'm gonna just drink out of the bottle. Is that okay? Oh yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so of course that's gonna hopefully be easier because you're already talking about everything anyway than it is to approach your like bro roommate and go, hey, um, those dishes have been sitting there. A while. Yeah, no. Yeah, for me it's like those dishes have been sitting there a while. Did you have a really busy week? Okay, I'll do them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. And that's good. That's what it should be. Yeah. Right. right. I have a. I had a. Had I have a friend Leslie, uh, and Leslie. Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about Lynn's living with Lindsay. No. No. Oh, sorry. Um, my friend Leslie had lived in a house with a bunch of girls her the first year of grad school. I met her. I met her when I moved back to Milwaukee because she had just moved to Milwaukee to start grad school, okay. and, we ha- and we had the same church job. Got it. So she lived down mm-hmm. like basically on the university campus, and I lived in Wauwatosa with my mom. But she had a bunch of roommates, and um. She would just she would go downstairs to find just a like a wall full of notes from one of them. Oh God! And like notes are not a way to talk to your roommates. Just so on every surface there would be a post-it note. That's the worst. It's the worst. Post-it notes are the picture of passive aggressiveness. It's crazy. Unless that post-it note says like, "Hey, have a good day," and that's all it says. You can send me all those you want. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Positive no. reinforcement post-it notes, bring them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but like, but like, you know, clean this. M. Like. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Like, text me. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Text me and say, hey, your shit's everywhere. Can you please clean up? I would be like, I'm so sorry. Yes, absolutely. But like, I mean. If you tell if you texted me, hey, your shit's everywhere, clean it, I would probably not be like, you got it. But I mean, at least I would take it better than a post-it note. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. Um there was another thing that we wanted to talk about with you. What was it? It was swearing. Uh, so you're like Jesus fucking Christ. So you more than 
most other people that I know are very active in like the classical singing forums. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is cool. It's a very, it's a like, it's a very like active community. These well, I really forums. like talking and thinking about what I do in a way that I know a lot of my colleagues do and I know some of them don't, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I just love having my, even when I'm just sitting in an office in the workday, having my like feeling involved. You know, people mm-hmm. are like, and I like helping people too when I can. Mm-hmm. If people are looking for re- certain kinds of repertoire advice and something something that I n- feel comfortable in, and I love that. And that's one of the reasons I'm not really teaching voice at the moment, but I'm part of a voice teachers forum, but mo- which I joined when I was doing a um, independent study in pedagogy, mm-hmm. which was great. Yeah, um, cool. and I've stuck around in the forum because um, because I do have lots of practical advice as far as musical theater rep that I think a lot of the classical singers are really lost on when they're like. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. musical theater student. I don't know what I'm doing, and then they all come up with the worst ideas ever. So, I, so I feel like I'm doing a service to the community. <laughs> but, it's, but then they also post resources that I find helpful. So it's a nice. Of course, thing. yeah. Um, but so this is what set me off. Someone posted something asking about a girl on her college audition. So she's somewhere between sixteen and eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, "Well, the audition cut." Includes the word ass, should we change it? And no. <laughs> First of all, if, if you think ass, and if you think ass is a dirty word, well, so God, my. God help you. God help you. <laughs> so my initial response, and this is after a couple people responded, I was like, so I went to theater school and they made us read Mammoth. So, like, if they can't, if you can't handle the word ass, if they can't handle the word ass, you're never going to survive. That's not what... The people in theater school don't care about that. Are you kidding me? And people were like, yeah, unless you're going to like one of the like really, really, really Christian schools. Really, really super Christian schools. Mm-hmm. But as someone else pointed out, they're like, but those have shitty programs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to go get like a top tier theater education at a really Christian school. They don't mm-hmm. have those there because people worry about things like saying the word ass. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's never going to be good. Art isn't polite. I mean, uh, but anyways, but what, what what got me going was that people really started pontificating that, oh, well, I would never let any of my students say that word. What the hell? And, yeah. You know, and my voice teacher, I was lucky. I mean, she was very bohemian, my, my high school voice teacher, and she tur- she's the one who turned me on to rent when I was like a 13, you know, yeah. appropriate mm-hmm. or not. I don't know. Probably. But, you know, 13 year olds are looking at porn. Don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, like, people are like, oh, not my prim and proper students. Half of them are like fucking in an alley, like giving yeah. blowjobs into the bleachers. <laughs> actually, I wasn't. I was actually very proper, but whatever. But, but I knew people who were doing that. Anyway, people. It's not like you weren't exposed yeah, to that's, it. I think that's the key right there was what you just said, that you knew people that were doing yeah, it. Like, I mean, it, it wasn't. And everyone does. I mean, and maybe, of course, we were in New York, but I don't, I don't really think that it has that. that yeah. Bored horny teenagers are bored horny teenagers. No, I there were kids blowing each other in the in the bathroom at the public library across the street from my exactly. middle school. So like people don't give kids enough. I mean, they're all like, oh, we must. Oh, they're like, and some of these people are younger than me, and they're like, oh, but they must have completely forgot what it's to be like to be fifteen because you're not right. like some innocent little angel. You you you. I mean, yeah, I think I think we. It's good to help protect kids from some things. If we can, just yeah. in order to like, but thirteen-year-olds aren't what you think they are, right? Or also, I I think that there's a line between like certain like certain like salty language yeah. or whatever versus like having 
having younger singers tell stories that are that are beyond their years. Well, see that, and that's the thing. I would rather hear a sixteen-year-old cursing up a storm than singing September song by Kurt Vile. <laughs> and that song, there's nothing inappropriate about it, but they just don't understand it. Whereas people were. Suge- in a separate thing, people were suggesting that for sixteen year old and I almost freaked out. I was like, This is about a May December romance coming from someone who's like in their fifties dating a twenty year old. A sixteen year old can't sing this. Right. Yeah. It's stupid. I can't I don't let my it's one of my favorite songs and I don't let myself sing it because I'm only thirty one, you know? Yeah. And what am I dating a twelve year old? It gross. Yeah. So <laughs> kill me. But <laughs> so, but then, so some people, some teachers were pontificating and things like that, and then someone got in this whole high horse about how they're um some they're like, well, some people, you know, just raise their kids better and they're with, you know, like morally correct. And that includes the use of language. And I almost fucking lost it because that has nothing to do. And and, but, and to me, that was like um, indicative of the deep problems that our country has with yeah. feeling of feelings of moral superiority. Right. Mm-hmm. Because people think, oh, if I don't use good words and if um, I don't talk about sex with people and if i go to church every sunday that makes me a good person rather than actually doing things that make you a good person Mm -hmm. right rather than actually uh, being a good person is in your actions right Right. absolutely it's it's in actually helping people in need with whatever resources you have it's in being there for your friends when they need you it's in you know just like that because and i've known so many incredible people who curse like sailors and mm-hmm. it has, doesn't make them less good people. Absolutely. Why, why would it? And and so you equate, so that's the easy way. And that's an, actually a really easy way to ostracize outsiders and dislike people who aren't like you, right? Isn't it? Because well, like, well, you don't do A, B, and C that I do, so you are not a good person. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's something that we've gotten before about, it's mostly talking to my like family or something like that, about the show, yeah. where because like we don't really keep it entirely clean. No. Um... Not two minutes ago, I made mention of 13-year-olds blowing each other in a public library yes. bathroom, so. Yeah, that's super. We That's Jimmy Kimmel not approved. And Jimmy Kimmel is the edge of the late-night comedy hosts. Jimmy Kimmel not approved. Fuck late-night comedy hosts. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, though, I, no, I, I, mean, do, I do I, feel I, the no, need I, to I like... like and I like... Um, Seth Meyers too. I like, but I just think that in general, it's... Well, A, they're all white men, straight white men. And B, they're right. all kind of like... They're on the cutting edge of kissing Sean Spicer's cheeks at the Emmy right. Award. You know, yep. that's what they fucking do. They're yep. the Jimmy Fallons and the J- James Corden. I just can't believe you, James Corden. Anyway. I well, no, what happened with... I didn't know what happened to He's James the one James who Corden. kissed fucking Sean Spicer's cheeks oh, at the Emmy Awards. I didn't actually watch... Really? I saw a picture of it afterwards. I mean, I guess he's British. Is there, like, a forgiveness to that? No. Because he's British? Or... I don't care. You're in this country and you're working here. You know that Sean Spicer's a lousy piece of garbage. Is he a citizen? I don't care. Point? Or is he here like on a work visa? Uh, legitimately, that does not matter to me. Yeah, it's right. Like, it's like that's but that's just part of the, like oh, it's okay. You try. You're done with that now. No, you're normalizing this fucking bullshit now. Yeah, that is what kills me. That is what absolutely kills me. What's about what's happening in in our media right now and like in advertising and all this shit is the normalization of the terminology and the practices and the the nonsense that is coming out of it is that i walked into chipotle the other day and on their door they said we have queso not fake news people need to stop using fake news oh i know because it's giving it legitimacy it's giving it legitimacy 
Speaking of, I saw something really cool today that I highly recommend people follow. I just followed them on Twitter. Um, It's called Sleeping Giants. If you go onto Twitter, you put that in. And basically, they've been going since like last year. And they just take screenshots of Breitbart and the advertisers on Breitbart. And then they at the company. Because it's like Google or Amazon Amazon, or some bullshit. All these big companies. Yeah. And um, well, that also. But Google and Amazon, like... Let's say you leave that at the door, right? Where you're like, Google and Amazon, because they're so massive, they, like, feel the need to let freedom of speech be a thing. Let's let's accept, which I don't agree with that personally. Let's hold that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Sleeping Giants has been doing is, if they're getting it provided through Google or through Amazon, I think it's probably through Amazon, and Amazon hasn't done anything about it yet, um, they'll screenshot the ads of, like, smaller companies, like, mattress stores or like whatever the fuck that it's coming through and since then there have been thousands of businesses that have blacklisted breitbart for their advertising profiles or whatever however oh through i see i see yeah which is awesome because um yeah i mean that's kind of great and the sleeping giants is completely anonymous apparently like i I don't remember what article oh emily cox sent me this article about the sleeping giants thing yeah um yeah. Emily Cox is always good for a good article. Yeah, she's great. Shout out Emily. I'm sure she's listening right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, Emily. Hey, hey. Everybody say one thing they think about Emily Cox. She's got a good dog. She does, she does a have dog. a good dog. Monty. Do you, Emily, when you listen to this show, is Monty around? I hope so. Because can he... Monty. Oh, for I think that she listens to it in her car. Monty. Oh, this is... Hey, Monty. This is a little much. It's okay. I'm trying to find a really good tweet while he does this nonsense. <laughs> this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the I think that the final line in the episode description is, and Josh has enough of Daniel's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this tweet? It was like the... It was like the... Um, oh, my God. It was so mad. Oh, here it is. So this guy... His name is Chad Felix Green, who's, I don't know, he must be some kind, he's a, he's a novelist or something, but he, he has like a blue chef mark on Twitter, so he's vaguely important to yeah. someone. And I think, oh, and he makes I me... I love that as a guideline. But yeah. Like, yeah. I, I hate that, because I was like, I've never heard of you. So, he, but he, um, he, I want to say he converted to Judaism and he's gay. Oh. Just to give you a, ba- a little background before you hear this comment. So he tweeted, uh, I want to live in a world... Where people wearing swastikas or rainbows or black power shirts can coexist without physically attacking each other. Did you that. see all that? I saw and this so tweet. Yeah. I saw it because what well, a bunch of people retweeted it. Uh, Wait, read that one more time. Okay, I want to live in a world where people wearing swastikas or rainbows or black power shirts can coexist without physically attacking each other. And to me that, well, first of all, you converted to Judaism just so you could feel like you could say that shit, which I, I hate you. So, but <laughs> but for, I think, the, so David Cross retweeted it saying, who the fuck wants to live in a world where people openly wear swastikas? Right. In what world of your utopia is there Nazis? That's the most mind-blowingly, like, centrist bullshit, right? Like, oh, it, it's yeah. just like, oh, I don't get it. They're all the same to me. Mm-hmm. No. Horseshoe theory. All the radicals are just the same. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And it's, like, I don't know how to explain to people that don't understand that genocide is bad mm-hmm. and wanting that is 
bad. So they're like, but I don't get it. It's free speech. It's pretty easy to tell what a Nazi is because if it's someone saying, well, I don't know, I think these people should be killed, that's not okay. It's right. pretty black and white, really. It's like, yep. because there, there's a certain point where there actually just is a line and right. you could see people cross it. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. Well, and what's frustrating to me is that a lot of people who liken, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement to Nazi activity, what they're failing to see is the difference between a history of genocide and active hate toward minority groups and marginalized groups yeah. and an organization that is enacting change. And and what they're failing to see is the difference between denouncing hate and potentially not agreeing with tactics used. Right. And that's coming from a person who agrees with the tactics that Black me Lives too. Matter me use, too, ob- too. obviously. But, I mean, if you are, like, if you are a person who has an issue with both organizations, like, clearly Nazis are worse. Mm-hmm. Clearly Nazis are worse. They literally kill people. I've, I've become a big proponent of the fishing hook theory, which is that you have the left... And then you have centrists, and then the Nazis come and they're right above the centrists. Because <laughs> so they're because like it's basically the same. Because really, like centrists don't enable the far left, but they do enable Nazis. Yes, I mean, and that's that's certainly the truth. Because that those were probably the people in Germany at the time of exactly the Nazis that were like, well, I don't know, I'm just gonna do my thing. I mean, I'm just gonna vote Trump, but not actually like understand. Well, you know, the, the train, he's... the trains are here on time. Right. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's ge- that's genuine. Like, oh, you know, my neighbors are gone, but I'm getting to work on time. Mm. Well, you know, what's interesting you said about the the tactics because that kind of actually goes right back to what I was talking about with um curse words yeah it's it's the people they use anything they can to delegitimize something and make it seem like so that they don't have to care and they don't have to challenge their way of thinking right Right. because it's i saw someone posting something i forget who on facebook the other day about um about police brutality against black people Mm -hmm. and someone was some like it was a Midwest, like an older Midwestern woman, a white woman, of course, was like, but I don't know, you know, black on black crime, you know. So she's delegitimizing yeah. this really real thing because sometimes in Chicago, black people shoot them each other in, you know, gang violence or whatever. That, that's what she her point was. But that's not a point. That isn't a point. That's not a thing. And in fact, it actually just proves her point because the whole, the reason why black on black crime is so prevalent is because we've segregated them so for, so deeply and underfunded the areas yeah. that we've segregated them into so severely that they have no other way and, of... and because you because you can't call the police right there's if anything it's because of this that right you exactly know. yeah right <sighs> yeah and then it's always shocking to me when people are like well the police are only there to help and it's like to you the white person yes. the, the police have been there to help you sometimes to black uh, to a black person, like, it's rare, if ever. Well, I mean, there was that story of the person who, and of course I'm going to sound like a total kook because I can't remember any of the details, but somebody called the police, like a, a black person called the police yeah. um, and to, like, report something that was happening not at the house, not at their home, yeah. and then the police came to their home and shot the person who called. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, that's and a that's like too frequent story. Yeah, Sorry. because it's become frequent. I've I've seen mm-hmm. multiple stories like that recently. Yeah, and it's so yeah. No, I I of course. Mm-hmm. Well, coming from New York, I mean, stop and frisk is a very real issue. That that is in the in <laughs> the way yeah. they teach how to stop and frisk. It's prioritized. I'll tell you who's never been stopped and frisked because it's me. Yeah, you know, and I yeah. never got when I was younger. I really didn't. I didn't understand, right? Right. Why, like, I had a Puerto Rican boyfriend who um, hated the cops, and I was like, why? I don't get it. And (laughs) I was stupid. Because, well... What's stop and frisk? Is that stupid? Stop and frisk is a practice in New York City where um, the police can, uh, without a warrant, stop and frisk. Pat you down, look through your bag, do all your shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Kind of like feel. It's a real thing in New York, especially. Can they? Penn they can look and... through your bag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine. It's that. It's racial profiling. It's absolutely it racial is. profiling, and it's this. Um, I think someone was... looked through my bag once. I mean, it was never you know, like. It's the post Bill Clinton um, making out that like drug use is inherently criminal. Right, because it's the idea of trying to find either drugs or weapons, and and it's that it's that it's traditions and traditions and just like of this war on drugs, war on, you know, uh, well, war on drugs was um, Bush era, not for, not second Bush, but first Bush. Well, Nixon, too. Oh yeah, you're right. it's been for it's it's just part of the, it's part of the whole white people not and Bush black era, people Reagan dynamic. Era, whatever, just. Mm. No, it's it's all three. <laughs> like it's that you're right. It's it's yeah. Um anyway, what were we talking about that wasn't so heavily political? <laughs> I don't know. We wandered there. Uh, who knows? Who fucking knows? Do you miss getting your hair? I I did I tell you this Josh that I know how to braid hair now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to dye Maureen's hair, but she was super nice about that. You don't no. Can no. you understand why? Yes. I've never dyed anyone's hair before. No. I, I like... Well, there you have it. It would be fun, though. Dye your own hair. The thing is, I've never dyed my hair. I was telling Maureen this, and I feel like I have like a... He's no, a, you don't get... The, no. He's a he's a purist. I don't want to dye He doesn't want to dye his virgin hair. Yeah. Well, because it fucks with my family's... My sister dyed her hair. Uh-huh. And then she she did it black for uh to play Snooky for Halloween. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, and it never, like, it never was the same. Like, even when it grew back, it never, because, I don't know, we, I don't know what, I think it's my grandma or my, one of my grandmas, this is, like, fantastic, this, like, really great brunette Italian hair that I'm very proud of. And I don't really know where I was going with this, but. See, my natural hair. You ruin it. You can ruin it. My natural hair color is, like, kind of a. A girl in high school described my hair as dishwater brown. So kind of like my my hair color. (laughs) Mine is like a little lighter than yours. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just kind of like a nondescript. When she told me that, I was, it it was, I was both very offended and I was like, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I had an ex-boyfriend call my hair color. He was like, it's kind of mousy. Yeah. (laughs) Nearly killed him. I mean, guys, that's like 10 years ago, and I still remember that. Yeah. <laughs> no, same. I th- I'm i pretty sure I was like 16, and yeah. she was like, you know, your hair 
it's just kind of dishwater brown. And and I think my my knee-jerk response that I actually said out loud was, you think my hair looks like shit water? And, and then, like, the group of people I was in, it was just like a hush fell across Yeah, cause why would you say something like that to someone? <laughs> just diabolical girl, girl nonsense. Girl shit, yeah. 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 So ever since then, I've been a little bit self-conscious about my hair color. But it was blonde, and I've been too poor to dye it. And so now it's mostly back to its normal color. Do you want to do an Indiegogo? For... I'm, I'm probably just going to put it on my credit card. <laughs> I think that's fair. Sometimes you have to... Well, you can write it off. I So <laughs> I I just today, I put something else on my credit card. I bought a Chromebook. Okay. Um, and because it's first copy, I can write it off. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, like, really um, trying to figure out now. We're, like, looking back at... Because for whatever reason, it's October, and we're like, you know what? We should figure out our taxes. I think that it's very responsible that we're doing this now. Yeah, because we're trying to figure out... Basically, we're trying to figure out if we want to be a nonprofit or if we want to be an LLC. Oh, okay. Or if there is another thing that we could... I mean, we could be... be. We could just be incorporated. Because we're we're looking at now what it is that we see our goals, and we really envision this turning into more of a co-op-y kind of space okay. with people that have salaried positions to some extent. But so that you know, you if you are a donor, you really get a lot out of being a donor. Meaning, like, yeah. Well, and the thing is, the benefit of a nonprofit is that if people choose to donate, then it, it's tax exempt. Right. Right. Um. But the thing that sucks about nonprofit status is that it wouldn't really we wouldn't be able to use the money that is brought in for anything besides copy related things mm-hmm. but i mean like i also don't know what we would be doing with it otherwise you know even a, even in yeah. a, if like let's say we ran and an llc well, like and we also, don't have... it's not like we're buying food with it now right and even then it's like that's what you have a salary for. With a nonprofit, you give yourself, you give the people inside of a nonprofit get a salary, yeah. and that's how they, you know, buy their food and stuff. And you can have a salary. I, I don't know what the the maximum amount is to be in, in a nonprofit. It might be honestly, it might be four hundred thousand a year. What? It, and I that I'm not entirely. I'm not like a hundred percent sure. I'm like sixty percent sure it's something like that. But anyway, it's definitely something that we're we're kind of like thinking about with all that. Um, I don't really remember where entirely I was going with this. I just knew it would be an interesting thing to talk about as kind of like another little housekeeping thing. Yeah, but there was so like a tangent that I jumped to this. Yeah. So we're doing the thing where we're going to like take a picture of this little nook of our right. apartment. Yeah. And be like, we use this for recording. You know, this piano is for, we use for, you know, when people perform in here. Mm-hmm. Well, of- and what's great is we, a lot of our equipment and a lot of our advertising we've done, we've done through PayPal. And so, so there's a record of, of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, because if it's technically a separate room that's only used for something. And we only use this room for Scopy. Yeah. Which is cool. And it looks it. I yeah. Think. I mean, and like a lot of, because we're arts and social justice, like a lot of these books are political books and a lot of these books are music books. So like even all the books, like every, pretty much every aspect of this room we print our magazine on that printer yep. over there. Yep. Our lives are consumed by it. Honestly, the nonprofit status might not be terrible. We yeah. should wrap up. Um, before we wrap up, yeah. I'm going to ask a question to the listeners. 
Guys, I've listened to too many scary stories and I'm finding most of them boring. Send me what you think the scariest stories you've read are. <laughs> oh my God. Nice. Scare me. I would ch- see, I, I'm too chicken shit to read scary stories. Mm. I get yeah. so easily scared. I, for the first week of listening to horror podcasts, I was, and now I've gotten like a little desensitized. What made you start listening to horror podcasts in the first place? I don't really know. Well, it I just was trying to look fi- find ways to stay at work at my data entry yeah. job. Was it oh a no sleep thing? No sleep is a big one I've listened to, and lore, which I love. Yeah, lore is really cool because it's really well researched. So, um, on we're we're on this Facebook group called like Chicago Podcasters, uh-huh. and there was a thread today where it was talking about, um, where it was talking about like what are your biggest pet peeves in. In, in podcasts and one and there was this huge conversation about how a bunch of people have unsubscribed from lore because they're so frustrated with the person's voice uh. oh i like his voice way better than i like the no sleep guy's voice really yeah but i've know. only oh, i'm also early on I'm, I'm i'm at like episode 20 something of the gotcha. 60 70 they have i've never listened to lore i, like I just thought i i had never heard of lore until i read that and you mentioned it oh, that's yeah. so funny yeah no, Laura's a Laura's a pretty famous one. Yeah. In fact, I think it's a recommended when when you are on ours for some reason it's recommended. Oh, I think really? a lot of people that listen to Scopy it's, also yeah, listen it's, to and, Laura. And they're picking up a lot of traction. I think they're going to have like a web series or TV something. Yeah, like oh, cool. Yeah, I, I like it because it's it's basically he researches folklore and legends and stuff and why they became the way they became with the stories and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, do you have anything upcoming or do you want to shout out any other self care uh, stuff that you're up to? Yeah, I mean, well, this coming Tuesday, the I was about to say today's date, so that's not good. That's not good, Josh. What's today's date? Wait, today's if, if it's next Tuesday, it's the twenty sixth. So Tuesday, twenty sixth, Redline Tap, eight p.m. New Brew. Nice. I'll be singing oh, a song by Ross Crean. And cool. Um, Ross Crean, Ross. new favorite person, and uh, a bunch of other people were singing some great songs. New. So check Con- it out. Continual favorite person. Yeah. That's my next upcoming singing thing. That's cool. That's kind of is that ladies' night? Yes, ladies' night plus Josh plus Josh. <laughs> cool. As it was always meant. We'll to have be. to reshare the article about New Brew. New Brew. Yeah, not that it's crazy detailed or anything, but you know. I mean, it's detailed informative. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. And you can join me on uh, next week's episode <laughs> of Serial Count Chocula. <laughs> Is he really a count? <laughs> I love it. The cadence. The cadence. Yeah, that's the cadence. Oh my god. The fucking cadence. Cool. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, you can keep up with what we're up to on scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there. We've got like a lot of really cool stuff going. We've got like some columns that we're working on making more recurring. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you can find us on uh, all of the social media places on Facebook. It's under Scopy Magazine. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube. No, that's not... You got it. Instagram, you gotta tighten Tumblr, up this spiel. Twitter, Google Play, and iTunes podcasts under Scopy Mag. We spell that S C A P I M A G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point have been has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. 
head to our about section. There are a couple ways that you can give. If you, you can give on a one-time basis, if you choose to do that, we will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, um, there are a couple cool things will happen. Our next two donors at any level are going to be getting a bag of half-wit coffee. Um, at $10 a month, you get a free session a month of studio photography by Daniel. And at $25 a month, you, if you so choose, um, will have space on our website for advertising. Yep. So, give a little. Give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.